0: Hey Headlampers, welcome to the Headlamp Hour. I'm your host, Nate Jukes, father of five, actuary by day, and a trail runner before sunrise. On this episode of the Headlamp Hour, we talk with Kylie Aldaz and Matt Halverson, the incredible trail running couple based in Tucson, Arizona. We discuss their backgrounds, including Matt's Iowa farming upbringing and his continued role in selling tractors for John Deere. We talk about Kylie's job as a recruiter at the University of Arizona and her successful coaching business, Desert to Peak Coaching. Kylie also opens up and tells the story of her difficult journey from drug addiction, losing her mom, and eventually finding trail running. Of course, we also talk about some of their recent trail racing results, including Kylie's amazing Cocodona 250 performance and Matt's experience at the Ring the Springs 100. Stick around to hear about some of their big goals for 2024 and beyond in this episode of The Headlamp Hour. Kylie and Matt, welcome to The Headlamp Hour. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks, Nate. Thank Thanks you. for
0: having us. All right. Well, I am super excited for this conversation. Um, first of all, let me get the pronunciation of your last name correct. Is it Aldaz? Yep. Is that right, Kylie. Yep. And then Halverson. I'm guessing, Matt. That's yep. Pretty straightforward. Okay. Yep, you got it. All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you again for joining. Um, I'm again. I'm really excited for this conversation. And the opening question that I have for you two is what roles define your identity and shape who you are?
1: Hmm. Good one. Um, for me, one of my biggest roles that uh, shapes my identity is, um, I'm a coach and I take that very seriously and I'm very prideful in it. So coach, a runner, um, I'd say a a businesswoman. I've always taken my career very seriously as well and um also a dog mom to 3 dogs.
0: Awesome. Wow, cool. What kind of dogs do you have?
1: We have two Australian shepherds and a cocker spaniel.
0: Wonderful. Yeah,
1: awesome. all, all good running dogs.
0: Yeah, those uh so the Australian shepherds, those are I guess are they the mini Aussies or the regular Aussies?
1: <laughs> I have one of both. So yeah, we have a, a full size and then a mini um, who's not so mini. She, yeah. She's a little overweight. We're <laughs> I've been doing like a daily 5k with her, but uh yeah, she's a mini.
0: <laughs> Working her up to the hundred mile distance. Huh? <laughs> yep, <Yeah>. eventually.
1: Yep. <laughs>
2: okay, cool. And and Matt, how about you? Uh, I mean, I would say like very, I mean, of I can kind of say this too, super, super quiet person. Uh, I kind of like doing stuff, especially running on my own. Um, it's kind of more of just, uh, I like getting them in my zone and then running. Um, so that, I mean, that comes probably just from my background of coming from a super small town. Um, I've got my select friend group and I just don't venture out a whole lot as far as that. So I come off pretty, pretty quiet don't talk a whole lot in groups of people don't do a lot of group running um and then I'm super super goal oriented so all my running is focusing on certain goals and things throughout the year that I have um so that that'd be two of the things is very very quiet but but motivated and determined to, to hit those goals so it's kind of like a quiet plan I guess <laughs>
1: he's also a, a farm boy yeah right?
2: yeah he I, sells
1: tractors for a living so that's another big role of yeah, role yeah of I, him.
2: I take my job pretty serious and i love what i do and uh yeah i work for a uh, john deere dealership here in, in tucson so the looks at me and i'm sure people look at me when i'm running or or what i wear running or out out in town and stuff like that it's just like how did you come from a small town and you work for john deere so it's kind of it's kind of funny so i don't really talk about it a whole lot but that's what i do is sell tractors to farmers, landscapers, and homeowners all in Southern Arizona. So I love it, it's, it's great. I'm from a super small, small town background, farmers, grew up around farmers, farming, my whole family, everything. So coming here is a little bit different and I'm glad I found it. I'm very, very blessed that I found my job that I have here. That's awesome, that's really cool. And
0: um, th- I guess the question is, do your John Deere friends or farmer friends think that you're crazy for running? Understatement,
2: yes. That's yeah, I get it, I get it a lot when I go back home. Most of it's I can't even drive that far. That's that's the main stuff that I get from them. It's kind of funny, but yeah, my my family they they think I'm pretty crazy, but they they know that I love it and they see some of the pictures and stuff that this this what we do takes us, and uh they're they're happy that I'm doing it. So I found something that I love, and yeah, they every time call me crazy my friends they'll text me like well, how did you even do this or what did you even do like it's incredible. I and mean, I go back home sometimes and i haven't talked to people for 10 years and they'll come up to you and like how did you even run that the other the other week or i've been watching you it's so inspiring so that's kind of cool um a lot of people from from my small town they definitely don't exactly do what we do so it's very cool and that, to have that support um from people that i don't really even talk to anymore so that's kind of cool yeah
0: that that's really interesting. I think lots of times we as runners and even like ultra runners um you know get desensitized to the distance almost you know like oh yeah, uh I know a handful of people who have run the 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 two fifty like <laughs> run over two hundred miles before like hundred miles nothing you know fifty miles you know that's that's a sprint <laughs> yeah. um so but yeah, that's interesting to, to bring in again and harken back to like the, like normal person perspective, right. On, on what, what trail running is and ultra running is all about. So that kind of leads us perfectly into just what I wanted to go into next is your background, you know, where you're from and, uh, and all that. So maybe, uh, Kylie, do you want to start with kind of where you're from originally and yeah, and maybe how how you two met and how you eventually made your way to Tucson.
1: Yeah, um, so I'm from Colorado Springs, Colorado, uh, born and raised there. Um, I moved to Tucson in 2020, the week that the pandemic started. Um, and I actually moved to Tucson for a job. I worked the last well, I worked 12 years at the YMCA, and uh, so I moved here for a job at the YMCA the week the pandemic hit. Um, so literally started on a Monday and. Pretty much that Friday had to call 150 employees and tell them they were laid off. Basically, oh, And that was goodness. a pretty traumatic experience for me. Um, but yeah, my my I did that for 12 years. I currently work for the University of Arizona. Um, I'm in human resources. I do recruiting and hiring, um, and then I'm also, like I mentioned, a running coach. I have my own running business. I started two years ago. It's called Desert Peak Coaching, um, and yeah, that's, that's taken off. Um, it literally started as just a idea on basically a sticky note and I was coming up with some names and I was like, desert to peak. It, it just stuck. And, um, I started with like one or two athletes that were just friends of mine and, um, it's definitely grown and expanded, um, tremendously. Um, my background as a runner, I started running, uh, literally did my first 5k in 2012. I was not a runner in high school, not a runner in college. Um, I swam um, and hated running, but I was never really good at any sport in high school. I was I was okay, I never made the varsity team, but I always wanted to like be great at something um, and I just never really could find that niche. Um, and yeah, I started running for a variety of reasons. I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit today um, and yeah, been running since 2012 but running ultras and running more competitively since about 2017 and then moved to tucson like i said for a job um and yeah the rest is kind of history i i, I love it here in tucson i am lucky to be remote so i go back to colorado pretty regularly um especially during the summer it's pretty brutal here so yeah. I run the mountains in colorado um, but yeah that's that's my story
0: Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. And we are definitely going to get into um, a little bit more of what you do for work. And I want to talk more about your coaching for sure. And your background. Um, But let's just briefly go to Matt um, for, for your kind of brief overview of, of where you're from and how you got to Tucson and, and maybe also how you guys met. Um,
2: Yeah, I can do that. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, from, from obviously a really small town in, in Iowa Northwest Iowa it's called Sac City Iowa. it's a little little dot on the map uh, my entire family's there my sisters are all there my parents everyone's there my uh aunt and uncle live on our family farm. Um, it's everyone's there so and I'm
1: stepped out as the mayor yeah they, they pretty much run the entire <laughs> town yeah,
2: they're, they're super involved which is great. I love them for it. Um, they they have passion for my hometown it's small and it's it's alive. I mean, because of them, honestly, they do so much for them. They're always busy. They're always doing stuff. So coming from that that kind of background and just seeing them work their tail off is 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 great. I'm happy for them and and but yeah, I got I got out of two, or out of uh, Iowa uh, in 2020, uh, J- January of 2020 um, <clears throat> is when I moved to uh, to here to Tucson. Uh, I went to school actually in uh, Omaha, Nebraska is where I went to college. And uh, I was dating a girl at the time that she went to school a lot longer than I did, um, actually finished school. So and I did not. So she was a radiation therapist. So she got a job here and I came with her here and uh, that just didn't work out. So I decided to stay here. Um, my first ever trail run. I'll actually i'll back up so i ran uh, distance in, in uh, high school track we did not have cross country again because my town is so small um I, I mean i only graduated there's seven towns six seven towns in my high school and i still only graduated like 42 people um so we didn't have cross country um there's only two me and another one of my friends that really wanted cross country but we needed more people and just nobody wanted to do it so unfortunately we didn't get it but i did run track in high school Um, But outside of that, uh, I didn't run really anything. I ran here and there just a couple miles for the heck of it, Um, maybe when I was early 20s. Um, Other than that, uh, nothing. I ran my first ever trail run. It was February, March of 2020 um, and just fell in love there. And uh, it just kind of took off and ballooned there. I've never ran a half marathon, 5K, 10K marathon, I just went straight to a 54k in August of 2020, so, and we'll get more into that, but I uh, just full-blown dove into the deep end on that side of things, so, Um, and then that, that's how I met her, Um, it was through a group here in Tucson, Tucson Trail Runners, Um, it's just social media based, I reached out to her, um, and just for group running, and then we just started running together, we were friends for a very long, very, very long time, and then we kind of just came together couple years ago we're like are we gonna date (laughs) one of those things or are we dating we just hung out so much and we're together so um that's kind of how we we met was through trail running and uh and the groups here in tucson so yeah
0: wow i love it yeah um I yeah that's that's awesome i love i think that's one of the best things about running at least for me as well like i met my wife through running Mm -hmm. um and you know just and and All the friends that I still hang out with, like were were through running and as well. So just the relationships is definitely like a big part of I think why I run, even though I I might say like I love the competitiveness of of it. I love getting outside. But I think like a deeper reason is is probably from lots of the relationships that I've that I've fostered, even if I'm someone like you, Matt, who maybe is a little more quiet and reserved, like that social interaction, that, that friendship, that bond is just still so important, so, yeah, um, we
1: have have a mutual understanding of each other, you know, and where we're at in our training and, um, and we also like support each other during races. We don't typically race the same races. We've only, I think raced one, one time time, Mm -hmm. and I actually beat them. No, we we don't (laughs) bring that up very often, but I'll bring it up, (laughs) but
0: second race ever. On the yeah. record,
1: but we, we plan our race, like, so we can be with, you know, be with each other and support each other at, um, the races that we do.
0: That's cool. so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And that kind of gets into <clears throat> what I wanted to talk about next. So as you know, the title of this podcast is called the headlamp hour. So that's kind of a nod to, you know, trail runners who are balancing multiple things in their lives. And that sometimes requires us running with a headlamp um during you know the darker hours when we can squeeze our runs in whenever we can and so you know you matt as a um tractor salesperson for john (laughs) beer um kylie you as a coach of of several athletes and as uh as a recruiter or working at the university of arizona so what is your typical day like as far as um you know, Kylie, you already alluded to it as far as like, you know, balancing your race schedule, but as far as like the day to day, like on a weekday, you know, fitting in work, fitting in running, how, what does uh, that look like?
2: You go first. Yeah.
1: Um, for me, it really, I have to plan ahead. And so I will sit down like on a Monday morning and plan, you know, I'll look at the schedule, um, that we're both coached by Hayden Hawks. Um, and I'll look at the schedule he gave me. And Like, okay, Wednesday I have 12 miles. You know, how how do I fit that 12 miles in? Is it going to be in the morning? Is it going to be after work? And sometimes, and the thing I really like about Hayden um, is, you know, he he's a professional athlete, but he's also he has to find balance with his family and everything he has going on. So he we have that mutual understanding with him. And sometimes that means I'll do, I'll run, you know, three, four miles in the morning with the dogs, and then I have to finish up my mileage at night. Um, and, and so just trying to find a balance of when the best time is to do it. Um, and then also like on the weekends, um, sometimes we'll, Matt's faster than me. So we'll, we'll plan like a date night run to where it's like an easy run for him and and he'll slow down and run with me. And, um, or like if we have a long run, um, this past Sunday, he had a a big 30 plus miler and I didn't, I have a race coming up. So I joined, it was a a two loops of a pretty um, iconic course or iconic route here in Tucson. So I joined him for the second um, loop and got an 18 miles. So we'll plan it to where we can, you know, run some miles together or um, figure out kind of the best way to make sure that we're both getting in time. Um, he had to run tonight, a big run and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll plan dinner. And, you know, so we, we help each other depending on, um, you know, if we're in peak training or, or whatever, I'm, I'm in taper right now. He's more in peak training. So, um, I, I, you know, help out a little bit more and he does the same when I'm, um, have a busier week of training and work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I saw that. Um, Two-loop run on Strava and got very jealous. It looked pretty <laughs> epic. That's pretty um, sweet. So. It's, a, it's a
1: good one.
0: Um anyways, uh so as far as you know balance goes, that that word sometimes means different things to different people. Um and sometimes we feel like maybe our, our job or career or other things that we have going on in life might interfere with running. Um, but how do you two look at it? Um, does, do your jobs, you know, does that help with, with your running as far as like giving you that balance and break, um, or does it more compete with it? Like taking away, like your energy, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, et cetera. How can you talk about that for a sec?
2: Yeah, I can, I mean, I, again, like what I do for my job and the company that I work for, um, it's a family owned company. Um, it's, it's a family that owns it. So um, I I'm again, very, very thankful that I found that job because they are super lenient on me. So if I have big runs like today and tomorrow, for an example, I have longer runs and I don't want to get home at nine o'clock at night. So I, I can leave early. They they let me kind of balance that out. If, if, as long as I'm selling tractors and other things, they don't really question it. Um, so it's good. I can kind of schedule around my training. If I'm in taper mode, then I'm going to stay at work till five o'clock when we close, um, or four 30 or whatever it may be. But when I'm in peak training, like I am now they're super, super good about letting me go at three o'clock or two 30 or something. So I can go up in the mountains and don't have to run flat speed stuff to get done before eight o'clock at night, I can actually go and train in the mountains and stuff. So again, super, super grateful of the company that I do work for and what I do, I can kind of plan my own scheduling. And then kind of based off of what Kylie just said, we also do like Friday, Friday run date night. So we'll go, no matter what Hayden has on our schedule, really, we'll go do like six, six miles or eight miles together, just at an easy conversational pace to Talk about the week and and what we've done and and work and all that kind of stuff coaching. I'm always interested in her coaching. Her athletes are amazing. So I always want to hear their stories. Um, so we do Friday night runs and then we'll go to like dinner that night and then sit on the couch and watch YouTube or whatever during the, so it's just me and her the whole the whole evening. And it's not one of us is getting home at eight and we eat dinner real quick and shower, and then finally we get together at 9:30 at night, like most nights. So we try to plan that to balance our, our relationship out. And if, if we are running into where I don't see her a whole lot, or she's, she's struggling. Cause she worked, does work from home and has to deal with three hooligans all day long and our dog. So we'll, we'll go for a run. And I kind of notice that, or she'll tell me, Hey, we, we, can we go on a run tonight? And no matter if I have 12 to whatever miles it is, I'll make sure we go run together. It's just balancing that out. And Hayden's really, really good about that. And understanding mm-hmm. he knows he's like, you guys need to, balance yourself out too, uh, in your relationship and not focus fully on work or fully on running. You have to focus on each other. Otherwise our, our relationship won't work because we're both super busy all the time. So, um, it helps out a lot. So balancing all that out with my job, it makes it easy. Um, so that helps out a lot. And then just what we do and in, in planning our weekends, like she just said, or our Friday nights, it, it helps out a lot.
1: And that's really where it all started for us. We were, as Matt said just friends for a good year or so and we would meet like three four days a week early morning and run and you know just talk through we we're both going through some great uh some long-term relationship breakups and so we would like be therapy it would be therapy session for us and so we really have worked hard to keep that going and although we don't run every day together because I think it's really important for Matt to you know be able to run his pace and do his faster workouts um that's that's a big piece of um how we find a good balance in our relationship
0: that's awesome I love that that you know making time for each other to Mm -hmm. do the thing that brought you together in the first place I think that that's really cool Yep. We're also
1: no stranger to headlamps because in the summer in Arizona, you have to run either, you have to run when the sun's down. So either early morning or late at night, um, the sun is just, it's, it's powerful here in the summer. So we are no stranger to headlamp runs.
0: You guys are so far South that your, your days are very long. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I noticed that, you know, I'm in Southern Utah and I feel like the days are, are pretty long. Um, but you're, you're a full, full state below me. Um, Anyways. Uh, so uh, I wanted to ask you, Kylie, um, you know, you already alluded to it, but you have a very, very interesting, unique and, and um, difficult or harrowing story of how you got into trail running in the first place. And so if, if you would like, and I, you know, I asked you beforehand, if you'd be comfortable sharing this, Um, but could you share some of that story with us however much of it you you feel comfortable sharing and um just just how you how you went through it
1: yeah i'll sum it up because i don't i don't want to take up too much of the time but um yeah i uh i had a really good childhood uh mom and dad i was an only child grew up in a small mountain town and uh had a really good childhood and i struggled as a teenager um i think I'm just, and Matt can allude to this, but I'm a very high-stress, anxious person, and I also strive for perfection um, in whatever I'm doing, and um, high school, just being a teenage girl, no matter what, where you're at, um, is, is tough, and um, I really try, like I said, I was never really good at anything, and I was trying so hard to just fit in, and um, I just started hanging out with the wrong crowd. Um, I think it was my senior year of high school and I went from being a straight A student to um, I almost didn't graduate high school. I had a, a, I became a a drug addict um, in high school and um, that carried over into like my first year of college. And um, before I knew it and I didn't really know I was so naive and honestly just just dumb to knowing what was going on um before i knew it i was a um, full-fledged heroin addict and i went through that addiction for a couple years um at the same time that i found out that my mom was um diagnosed with terminal cancer and so i was battling a drug addiction um while while i knew that she was um unfortunately dying and um wrap wrap it up to end of 2008, I was able to get clean um, after dealing with drug addictions and being homeless. And um, and my mom, I, I got clean November 30th of 2008. So it's been 15 years. Um, and my mom passed away January 23rd of 2009. And so after I got out of a a rehab for a couple of weeks. Um, I was by her side for the last six weeks of her life and um, unfortunately she passed away. And then the next week, um, my grandma actually passed away during my mom's funeral. My My dad and I got a call and we're like, who's calling us? Like everyone we know is here. And it was a call that my grandma passed away. And I went into a, just a bender um, for a week. <clears throat> And unfortunately I, um, got into a really bad car accident and, um, I rolled my car into oncoming traffic and, um, the, one of the cars that I hit, um, the, the guy that was driving it almost didn't survive. And so that began a whole new chapter in my life, um, of being, dealing with lawyers and going to trial and ended up having to go to jail for two months. And, uh. All of that being said, um, it definitely taught me how to um, survive, but I had to find an outlet on how to deal with all the stuff I was dealing with. Um, I never had time to grieve for my mom. Um, I was dealing with, you know, all the personal issues that I was going through. And um, through all of that, I found running. Um, And I had, that's first when I started working at the YMCA. So I was engulfed in a culture of fitness. And, um, I was just like, man, I, I, I needed this. I need this in my life. And, um, that's really how it all started. It was just a way for me to cope with, um, the grief and everything I had gone through. And, um, yeah, the rest is history. I've been running ever since.
0: Wow. Well, thank you again for sharing that. I know, you know, even though it's been a while, I'm sure it's still difficult to remember those things and go through it. I mean, talk about, uh, a refiner's fire that you went through, you know, in such a short period of time, um, you know, just barely getting clean. Um, yeah. and a few months later, your, your mother passing away, your, your grandmother, yeah, um, and then facing possible criminal charges. Um, yeah. that, that's, uh, that's some heavy stuff, and that yeah, was. Um, I know you you've talked about previously your father, your dad, and mm-hmm. how influential he was, how much of a a mentor and kind of an accountability partner
1: mm-hmm. he
0: was to you during that time. Can you talk about that and how your relationship with your father was then, and maybe how it continues to be yeah. Um, today?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, my dad is my best friend. We text almost on a daily basis. And um, like I said, I'm um, fortunate enough to be able to work remote. So I go and visit him probably six to eight times a year. Um, He lives back in Colorado Springs. Um, Yeah, him and I were never super close. Um, Growing up, I was definitely my mom and I were very close. And so after she passed away, and I went through everything, it was just him and I. Um, And he had a similar background with drugs and, uh, partying when, when he was growing up. And so, um, we definitely could relate, um, um, he, he could relate to what I was going through. And, uh, but I think he always, not, I think I know he always believed that I was, I had like a bigger purpose in life. And so because of that, and he never gave up on me, he is really the reason why I'm here today and um thriving and, and such a strong independent woman. Um, he, yeah, he, he held me accountable and, um, I, he was by my side for an entire year and a half that I was pretty much on house arrest and just trying to rebuild my life. And, um, he literally cashed in his 401k just so we could pay for the lawyers to, to get me the, you know, the support that I needed to get through all the the criminal stuff I was going through. So yeah, I'm super thankful for him. And, um, it's, you know, unfortunate stuff that's happened, but it's really strengthened our relationship. And, um, yeah, he's, he's my best friend. He's a incredibly strong human being as well. And I'm um, super fortunate to have him in my life. It's basically just him and I, uh, we don't have a big family. So, um, yeah, it's, it's him and I, <laughs> yeah. Side,
0: so, well, yeah. Thanks. Thanks to your father. That's amazing. What's, what's his name? Jeff. Jeff.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It was good. We just, we're out last last weekend two weeks ago and got to see him and everything so um yeah
0: very cool and what was your mother's name
1: deb Deb.
0: okay yep. very cool well thanks again for sharing that i appreciate that um and so i want to talk um yeah a, a little about um i guess your coaching mm-hmm. for a second so with that kind of background that you have and without naming, you know, individuals that you coach, um, uh, do you have any clients that have been through, you know, similar stories? You know, I, I've, I've heard, you know, some people that that have similar things, drug addictions, and as part of their recovery process, they get into running. And so how has that positioned you as a coach to, to help those individuals or to just relate to them?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. I have a couple um athletes that have that are in recovery from drugs and alcohol and I I think the reason because I'm not an elite, I'm not a professional athlete. I've, you know, won some races, podium some races, but I've also, you know, been middle of the pack. So I'm definitely not a, you know, an elite athlete and I think for for me what has been so successful in my coaching is just I have athletes that can relate to me and I can relate to them. Um, I'm an everyday athlete, just like they are. I'm not getting paid to run. And so um, no matter what the struggle is or what everyone has a story. And I think uh, every trail runner um, and I'm assuming road runners as well. I just don't have that background as much as I do trails, but we all have like a very not dark, but there, there's something that has maybe caused trauma or has been tragic in our lives that like we, we transition that, um, energy into our running. Um, cause we know how to suffer and ultra running. I mean, let's be honest, it's, it's a lot of suffering. A hundred miles is not easy. 50 miles isn't easy. And so I think it's about how you, um, handle that struggle and, um, it relates to life, but it also relates to to the running and for me it's just I've been working with my athletes on mindset and it's so much more than just the physical aspect and yes, I can you know give you a training plan, but that that's the difference between you know printing something out on the internet and really working with a coach that understands and can relate is i I understand the the struggles and um you know I have a really, um, I won't mention, I won't say his name, but, um, he, he's been incredible. I've been working with him for the last year and a half and he, um, he fell off for about a month and then he came back so strong. Um, and yeah, just going back to the recovery and everything, it's just about taking it one day at a time. And, um, I think that relates to running as, as well as recovery and, you, you and as well as racing too you can't look at the finish line you have to just look at the mile that you're in or the the lap that you're on um and you know just be present in in what you're doing today and not look at the yeah. the overall finish line
0: obviously it's not fun to go through you know when you were going through drug addiction and recovery mm-hmm. and your mom passing away and, and all that but mm-hmm. I mean, if there's any bright side to it, you know, like you just talked about, you can help those who have gone through similar things and, and help them continue to reach their goals. So
1: absolutely. What,
0: just what, like, a you know, something, you know, turning something super difficult and mm-hmm. ugly, uh, into mm-hmm. something really beautiful. So I, mm-hmm. I just admire you for that. So
1: Thank that, you. that's, that's so thanks.
0: Um, Matt, I wanted to ask you, although you you know you met Kylie, um, you know it sounds like about 12 years after she had gone through some of these difficult things um, what what role have you played or and maybe Kylie would be better positioned to answer this but um, or maybe maybe I could ask it this way how have you seen her continue to grow and develop um, as a result of, her past and and um you know how how have you helped her or or she helped you you know stay healthy and mind and body and and spirit and everything else.
2: Yeah, I can answer it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think just as far as like how I am as a person again, going to go back to like being quiet and stuff. Um, I'm super kind of mellow, chill, not really in tune with with a lot that that may bring her anxiety or may bring stuff up that that makes her panic a little bit so I'm kind of there to to balance that out for sure that'd be like the number one thing that we've noticed is is just kind of I'm pretty chill about my day-to-day type stuff and she'll call me something happened in work and she'll call me or something happened here and she'll call me and just in a panic and I just got to talk her through it and just me just being pretty I mean, it's just got to move on <laughs> and, and we just work through it. So I think that's, that's the number one thing for that. Um, and as far as like her helping me out for sure, I mean, just her background as far as running goes. Um, I mean, she showed me endless things as far as within the, within running. And she is such a people person too. Like I've met some of them now my best friends and it wouldn't have, wouldn't have been because of her. Um, I mean, there's, there's multiple people that she ran with and then I would meet them like, Oh yeah, you ran with my girlfriend, Kylie. And then now we're really, really good friends. So I have, a, I have a couple friends in Phoenix right now that, that, that was it. I met one of them during a race and the other one went running with her and a group of people one day. And then all of a sudden I was racing him in a race and I knew who he was. And we just talked the whole time during the race. And now we're best friends almost. So he paces me and I pace him and he crews and I crew him. And, and so it's kind of funny. So like, she opens me up. Uh, to people and, and, and opens me up as a person too. Um, and kind of look at like the, the brighter things in life um, and to, and to just appreciate kind of like what she gives me and what I give her and what we have as far as a life. Um, Cause we're very, very blessed with what we have um, and what we do and and where we live and, and everything else. Um, a lot of people aren't, aren't that, that grateful. I mean, just the trails alone and stuff she and she has shown me, has opened my my eyes to so much just coming from a small town I didn't venture out of that bubble very much I mean I think that when I moved here was the second time I've ever seen mountains in my entire life so and then all of a sudden now I'm running them and honestly if it wasn't for her I don't think I would be this far into trail running I probably wouldn't be running anymore to be honest I probably would have moved on to something else so I, I'm super grateful for that. Um, so that'd be like the two main things would be just me balancing her out for her anxiety, then stuff that's popped up in her past um, and helping her through that and just talking, talking with her and, and having that relationship with her. And then just her showing, showing me as far as the running people, community, trails, races, there's just so much out there beyond running even and just the people. Um, that I'm super, super grateful for and for her showing me. So. Matt also
1: has a lot of self-doubt. And he will be <laughs> the last person to ever brag on himself. But I've I've tried to and I have to really separate my coaching hat from you know being being the girlfriend. I, I, I leave the coaching up to Hayden when it comes to Matt. Uh, but Matt definitely he he is filled with self-doubt. And so even going into races or, you know, building up right now, he's he's Hasn't signed up for a race, but he's he's planning on running a race next month. And um, you know, he was having doubts because he was sick last week, and he had a big run this weekend. And so I think um, my biggest role with him is just being his cheerleader and a supporter too. And I'll definitely keep it real when it when yeah. I need to, but um, I I try to just instill that like confidence in him because he is
2: I'm hard on myself very hard on myself,
1: but he's he's a very I mean he's only been running three years and. You know, he was supposed to do Moab 240 a couple of months ago and he was injured, but um he's doing Moab 240 this next year and I mean that's pretty incredible for only being a runner for, you know, I guess it's almost 4 years, but um still fairly new and like you said he's never even done a 5K or a half marathon. He just jumped right into ultras, so.
0: Yeah, um I did want to touch on that, Matt. So, I guess first of all, let me ask you this. You said you ran track in high school. Um so yeah. what what was like your mile time? let's say, in in high school. Do you remember what it was? I think it's like five
2: minutes. Nothing crazy.
0: Not sub five, though. Not, okay. I
2: mean, I see sometimes in the mile and you're like, holy smokes, how is that even possible? And then from, I mean, even like in a, so I ran uh, in high school track, I ran the mile, the 800 and the 400 and I high jumped for no reason. I wasn't very good at high jumping. It's just something to be in while before we were running. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But like by far, And I think this kind of, I always think about this too, is our, our, being it was a small track team. I mean, we had maybe 15, 18, maybe 20 kids. And uh, our coach sometimes for us, people that ran distance, we wouldn't go to the track. We would just run around town. He'd give us a route around town and that's what we run. And when we're done, we were done. We went home. That was my favorite practice ever because it was just me, my headphones, and you just went and you didn't have you didn't have the oh you got to do this pace and you have to do four by 200s or four by 400s or, or you have to run a mile this pace like it wasn't that it was just running around town and i to this day think about that as like no wonder i like trail running so much is because i liked just my coach giving me go run five miles around this around town that's so that's what i love so Yeah, I ran, yeah, 400, 800 and the mile and that was, that was it. So I did uh, like the four by eights and open eight and, and the mile was my favorite because it was more of just me and, and running, but I wasn't crazy, crazy fast. I wasn't going to state. I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't winning races for, for sure. I mean, there's kids a lot faster than that. So when I say five minutes, it's, it's five minutes on a good day.
0: well good well I yeah where I was going with that question is you know and I think that's really interesting that you know you said your most favorite days were just kind of the, the easy days to run around town it sounds like yeah no wonder you, you enjoy trail running you know like I haven't as I've gotten more into trail running like the pace almost becomes irrelevant right it's just more mm-hmm. about effort based and time on feet and things like that as one coming from like A collegiate track background where i was running you know um you know 13 high in the 5k and all about pace and splits and stuff Mm -hmm. like that um but anyways like someone like you who um you know started in high school did did a high school track but then like didn't even like enter the road running scene it's like you skipped that phase like you know like like most of us do uh, most of us hit the 5k half marathon, marathon road, and then go into trail running. Um, and like, like you said, you're fairly new to, to trail running, at least newer than Kylie. Kylie's very, very experienced you your experienced as well, but maybe take us back to, you mm-hmm. know, when you first got into trail running and what it's like to be a new, trail runner, um, just for those who maybe, you know, speak to the people who are listening, who are just getting into trail running and trying to like digest, like every piece of information they can, uh, at least like I was. Yeah.
1: Can I at least set the stage? Sure. sure. So Matt's <laughs> first long run was with, um, our good friend, Laura. And, uh, was it finger Yeah. it like one of the hardest routes in Tucson? It's like, I mean, I don't even, it's probably at least four or 5,000 feet um, straight up, uh, a mountainside basically. And I wasn't there, but Matt showed up for that run. And didn't you have like two plastic water bottles yeah, in your hands? No gels.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> set the stage. Yeah. So, well, I'll even go back a little bit to kind of what got me into, into trail running. It's kind of funny. So I was back in Iowa. I worked for, um, a company since I was probably 20, uh, until I moved here, I was with the same company and, <clears throat> I was uh, in Iowa listening to a podcast while delivering parts to farmers. It was to uh, pig pig farmers in Iowa. I worked with a lot of uh, pig farmers and turkey farmers and chicken farmers with their buildings. So I supplied all the stuff that goes in those big confinement buildings and, and stuff. So um, and it just goes back to my family. And that's what got me that job is they built my family's barn. So I had a connection there. So I was in Iowa delivering uh, parts and I was listening to that's kind of when Joe Rogan was pretty getting pretty big and he had a trail runner on there that ran moab 240 and that's kind of what got me started into that but as a trail runner running moab 240 and she did all this time well that person ended up being courtney and i was i couldn't believe people ran 100 miles how does somebody run 100 miles how what are these people doing and it just it interested me so much that i went down a little rabbit hole of watching little videos and and other podcasts and stuff and then just kind of stopped. Didn't think anything of it. I mean, I was the type of person that Thursday through Sunday, I was I was out with friends. We went to two a.m., three a.m. Out, out every single every weekend, just living that kind of lifestyle. Um, I did go to the gym a lot um, and lifted things like that, but that really didn't go anywhere. I mean, I'm the way I'm built, six five, hundred 160 pounds soaking wet. So going to the gym and lifting it didn't make any sense really. So <laughs> I just did it more to try to stay in shape, but um, so after that, when I moved here, I went hiking a few times and then I thought of that podcast It's like, okay, this is the trails that people have to be running on. They have to be running on these type of trails. And then I saw a couple of people running on trails at one of the, the bigger parks here. And I went back into that rabbit hole and found a video on Moab 240 and actually have a lane a hundred. Um, it's there was a couple of videos on happily at 100 and it was just a party in the desert. It looked amazing. At this time, I never I haven't ran a mile in probably eight years. So I was at the gym one day and I was getting frustrated again. I'm so hard on myself. I was like, why am I not gaining weight? Why am I not gaining muscle? I've been lifting for six years, but I'm not doing anything. I've tried protein, everything. And uh, I just told uh, one of the guys at the gym, like, I'm not going to lift today with you guys. I'm going to actually go around the treadmill and just see how I like it. I, I always liked running know why not just go jump on the treadmill real quick. So I went and ran a mile on the treadmill and I felt okay. And I actually kind of got that feeling like I did in high school track of that runner's high kind of feeling. And I loved it. So I kept going to the gym, running on the treadmill, running the treadmill. I ran around like the block a few times, things like that. And then came the big rabbit hole and finding people online and Tucson trail runners. Well, I found the latest, she was just talking about Laura who to this day changed my entire life and she has no idea how much mm-hmm. she impacts my life. And, uh, I found her and I reached out randomly as just right into her D I was like, Hey, I know you've ran multiple trails. You, it says in your profile, trail runner, Boston, nine times, everything, your coach, what I want to, I want to learn how to run trails. And so she invited me on the run that Kylie's talking about, which is about 4,000 feet up and it's 17 miles. And she's like, "Just come with a group of us, and and see if you like it." And so what I did is I went online, I went on Poshmark, bought used trail shoes. I had basketball shorts on and a golf polo hoodie, like uh, shirt, and two plastic water bottles. That's all I took. And I showed up. They obviously were like, "Uh, you've definitely <laughs> done this before," and then nope. I went and did it, ran the 17 miles, had a blast, and it took off from there. And I was supposed to run a gravel half marathon, but COVID hit and I got canceled. So I just said, you know what? I want to go right into ultras. And I ran uh, my first ultra in August August of 2020. Um, So March, February 2020, my very first run. And then straight to August of 2020, I ran a 54K and it went about as expected lots of not having a clue what to do growing up all of it I wanted to quit so bad but we, i finished it and and it just ballooned from there and and everything so it's just like from driving backcountry of iowa listening to a podcast with courtney on it to running my running my first uh, ultra just that little gap right there is it's pretty crazy. I, to this day, I kind of look back in, in my lifestyle when I was in Iowa and some of the dumb stuff that I would do there and, and just going out every single night and not really caring about self-help, my relationships, my friendships, all of that to the, to now, I mean, it's drastically, drastically changed and just trail running truly saved, like, just made me who I am now and just the, the way I wanted to to be forever. So and met amazing people and met her and, and truly grateful. And again, Laura, she has no idea. (laughs) And I tell her that all the time. She won't run with me anymore. Kind of like Kylie said, but I do go on walks with her once in a while. When I, when I get done running uh, a race and don't have running on my schedule, she will go walk with me. So it's good to catch up with her. Well, that's awesome. I love hearing, you know, the story,
0: the progression of of how people get into trail running. And I think that's such like a perfect image uh of you showing up to a, a trail running group in basketball shorts and yeah. used used running shoes and <laughs> two water bottles. I'm I'm impressed that you brought water.
1: Uh right. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so You so probably didn't
1: eat breakfast either that day. Yeah, uh, i still don't
0: do that though. <laughs> That's cool. That's great. Well, um well, this uh this podcast is about, you know, running and and I wanted to get into some of the races that you've actually done, um, you know, but but at the same time this this podcast that that I that I have is I want it to be something that people can listen to in several years from now and it's still relevant. Um so while, you know, I want to talk about your recent races, it's not necessarily the focus it's more about like you know the lifestyle and how you guys fit it in and and all of that but that being said we are going to talk about some of the some of the results that you guys have had in recent past and and just want to run through let's start with you Kylie um so some of the just quick results that you've had in the last year or so you ran the uh and I might say this wrong Mogolan monster
1: Mo- Mogollon
0: Mogian, Yeah. Okay. The okay. Mog-
1: it's a, it's a hard one, <laughs> but yeah.
0: it's a, okay. Mogion. I should have known that I, I know Spanish and it's kind of like, yeah, the, the Y sound almost, I guess. Anyways, Mogian monster 100, um, you this year, last year you ran the colossal veil 50, you won that one. Um, last year you also ran the Rio Grande 100, um, also got first place at that. Uh, in 2022, you ran the big Cocodona 250. Um, and then also back in 2021, you ran the Leadville 100. Um, mm-hmm. So just an iconic, you know, 100 mile race there. Um, so if you don't mind, just, you know, let's quickly just go over maybe one of those races, pick one out if if you can pick one out uh, of and why, why you picked that one and maybe something in particular that, that uh stood out to you or or what what made that race special in particular maybe it was like a specific turning point in your trail running career but which one of those races kind of sticks out to you as 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 kind of cool um
1: well leadville's where like my trail running started that's definitely like my bucket list race um But I think I'd really, I'd rather talk about Cocodona 250, just um, when you mentioned like a turning point in my life, um, that's really what the journey of Cocodona meant to me. Um, I was going through a lot of personal things and I was ready for a journey um, of just like Self discovery and healing, um, and I think again, just going back to everything I've talked about that's happened in my life, I've never really found a proper way to heal from it, and I get that from running. And so the fact of running for a hundred hours, and and like I said, I'm 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 a stressed out person. <laughs> I'm anxious, um, but when I'm running, I'm I'm able to stay present. And so I was like this at the time of everything I was going through in my life last year. Um, I just needed time to be able to reflect and think and I get that during running and so running for 100 hours for 250 miles there's no better way to just have time to think and reflect um, and just stay present and so Dona was definitely more of like a spiritual journey for me and a a journey of self-discovery and um it has just changed my life I um I have a different mentality after running that and finishing it and just knowing that i'm capable of doing hard things um, in life and in running um and but really it was about the the journey and about the people that were there um you know matt ran 80 miles of it with me Um, i had a pretty incredible crew there um and dealt with some really really low points never to the point that i wanted to give up i knew i was crossing that finish line no matter what but um, I had to really battle some, some deep things. And there was some deep things that come out of running a 200 plus mile race. Um, you know, demons, demons definitely come out that you're having to battle. And um, so for me, it was definitely life-changing and um, a turning point in my running um, and also just my life in general, knowing that I can, I'm capable of getting through hard things. And also knowing that I, you know, I, I shouldn't, Be so hard on myself. I I I should dream big and um you know go after what what I want to do and not let fear stop me from doing that. So that was Coca donut for me.
0: That's that's so cool and I'm I'm really glad you picked that one to talk about too. I I was was secretly hoping that you would. Um, but yeah, talk about that for a sec. Cause there were so many things flying through my head when you were going through that. So first of all, you said you know you're going through some tough things in your life Mm -hmm. and. I always feel like, man, I'd rather just run a hundred miles than like do this thing at work or do this thing that's really hard in or a certain relationship or with family or or whatever. Um, and I guess, talk about that, is that, and why did you pick to, why, why did you choose, you know, a 200 mile race? Was it because, or 250 mile race? Was it because of the distance? Was it because you needed that extra challenge you know, when, when we, when we want to, you know, have some kind of therapeutic moment in our life or, or cathartic moment in our life, like sometimes we got to like choose something that's so big, so great, so scary to make us like feel like some kind of emotion, like so strong. So is that kind of your, your thought process when you were choosing to do that? Cause that was the first 200 plus mile race that you've done is my understanding.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you, you touched on all of it. I just needed something where when you run those distances and just relative, I mean, any, any race, I mean, I'll, I'll, I have hard training runs, but when you get to the point that you're in such a like pure and raw state of being that like nothing else matters, work doesn't matter, relationships don't matter. You're literally just focused mm-hmm. on like you, you need that taste of water, you know, like water is like the one thing that is just so precious to you in that moment or whatever it is. Um, at Coca-Dona, it was like five minute, or I guess even less, like three minute, like naps for me that like, that's all I could focus on. I didn't, I didn't have the energy or the the capacity to think about anything other than just like what would the step in front of me. Um, and when you get into that, state of being that you're so raw and vulnerable, um, that was like exactly what I needed because I was overthinking and overanalyzing every aspect of my life during that time. And it wasn't helping. I was just kind of spinning in circles. And so being able to run, um, and process every emotion that I was feeling. And I literally felt every single emotion. I had the highest of highs during that race and the lowest of lows. Um, and, it was just an incredible life changing, you know, transformation for me. And, um, and I have to remind myself, I'll get back into it. I didn't have a great year of racing and I was just getting in my head and it's like, I got to get out of my head and remember, like, we're capable of doing hard things, you know, and you should never stop dreaming. And um, I also have to be careful because I do have an addictive personality Um, to not let it get to a, an unhealthy I don't want to ever have an unhealthy relationship with running and I was getting into the mentality where I'm like okay what's that next best thing like almost chasing that next high and so for me it was I w- it was a very quick progression from like a 50k to a 250 not as quick as Matt's mine was you know over uh five six years but I was also I was always like okay this year I need to do the next biggest distance or the next hardest race and um I've had to really like control that a little bit um, since Kokodona. But, um, yeah, that was definitely, you, you touched on all of it, just being in a pure state of being.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. And like you were saying, you know, you're looking for that next drink of water. It's almost <laughs> like us as humans, like strive to go back to our roots of just like surviving, you know, surviving. like, yep. um, it's like, it feels really good to like almost put yourself in a, <laughs> in a life or death situation. I mean, obviously, you know, there's, you know, trail running running a race there's lots of safety nets that you can fall back on lots of people know that they have there that if something really bad does happen that you're probably pretty safe but um but I think that's maybe deep down like why uh, a big reason why we love doing that and challenging ourselves to that point so
1: yeah
0: thanks for yeah thanks for talking about that for a sec I love that um all right, Matt, um, same, I guess, same question for you. Um, you know, you've, and I understand you've been dealing with, um, you know, kind of an it band injury this, a lot of this year, but, um, but you had this year, uh, the ring, the Springs, 100 down in Colorado Springs, Colorado, you got first place there. Um, so congrats on that. And then last year you had a, a slate of, of good good results as well. The Magoyan Monster, 23rd place, uh Old Pueblo 50, third place, the Tushers 100 k and uh the Havelina hundred as well. So what about for you? What what race did you want to touch on or talk about and why does that race in particular stick out to you?
2: Yeah, I mean I'll briefly go over uh one real quick. I mean I, I did Havelena hundred was my very first hundred and I mean I did that one <clears throat> Um, just basically because it was one of the very first rabbit holes I went into was Javelina. It's close to here. Uh, my mom and little sister came out for it. Um, so that was cool because it is loops. Um, so I got to see crew. I got to see friends the whole time. So I, I chose that for that reason. Um, but I'm going to talk more based on Ring the Springs and not because I want it, um, but uh, more because why I ran that race because um, I could have chose a bunch of other ones. It's a brand new race for Maribype out there. Um, this is only the second year for it. So, uh, why I chose that was cause it was her hometown. Um, I wanted to run trails that she's been on for, for years. I wanted to see areas that she's been seeing for forever. I wanted her to be in her hometown and comfortable. And I wanted to kind of experience what she's been experiencing with Pikes Peak and, and through actual town, the Colorado Springs and those little parks there. Um, so that was kind of the reason I picked that one was because I wanted to put myself in her shoes. Um, I wanted uh, to kind of see where she grew up and the trails she grew up on and the hikes she did with her mom and stuff like that, because I never got to meet her. Um, so I wanted to kind of put myself in, like she said, that vulnerable spot and push as hard as I could um, to experience that that stuff and experience those trails and trails that I'm not used to. I mean, I started running here where, everything wants to prick and prod and kill you out here including the rocks and in Colorado the, the trails are so much different and you I mean, we ran into snow at one point so I'm not used to that um so I I really wanted to get that Colorado feel uh that above an actual mountain race too I know that a lot of it's not in the mountains 50 miles of it was and then 50 miles of it was more city parks um but that just made it challenging I mean uh, and that's kind of why I picked that race, not because of myself, but because I wanted to experience what, what she did her, her whole life. Um, and like she said, I was, I was, was supposed to run, uh, Moab 240, cause that was the very first race that I ever came across in the podcast that I listened to. So it's number one on my bucket list. Um, but unfortunately a few weeks after Ring of Springs, I went right back into training and just didn't do the little things, including mobility and stretching, which is number one on my list now. Um, so my <laughs> T-band Uh, did lock up my knee and I couldn't run more than two miles for about two months there. So um, a lot of learning experiences for me. I'm still new into running and learning everything. Uh, So that's just one of those things that I'm going to learn and hopefully build on and more strength training I'm doing now. Um, Hayden has me doing some of that and more mobility stuff, just even if it's 10 minutes at night with a foam roller, um, just taking care of my body a little bit better because that wasn't before. Um, so I, you could say I got a little bit cocky after my race and went right back into training for Moab. But um, I'm going to do Moab this, this coming October. So uh, I, I'm aiming for that now.
1: <laughs> Poor Matt during the Springs. I I paced, um, I think, 40 miles of it. And I'm like pointing out everything. I'm like, oh this one time I was at a party at this house that we're passing. And this one time I walked my dog over here and I just, I talked to zero off the entire time I paced. him, just telling him my whole life story, but I think, it, time. I think it brought us it was good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that was just a blast um, to be cool. back in Kylie's hometown. And
1: it was awesome and, uh,
0: and for Kylie to walk down memory lane while she's pacing you. That, yeah. that sounds, that's really cool. Um, I wanted to quickly touch on kind of the Arizona trail racing scene. So you guys are down in Tucson, um, you know, just, uh, South of Phoenix, Phoenix is kind of in the center of the state. You guys are more towards the Southern end. Um, but several of the races that you've done are put on by Aravaipa, um, which is, you know, a trail running events company based in Arizona. Um, has that been, uh kind of intentional the way that you've chosen lots of races that been put on by Air Vipa, um or or I guess like kind of why have you uh, is there a particular reason why you've chosen lots of their races
1: um I think for me I it's convenient first of all Air Vipa has races pretty much every weekend um and so it's convenient it's a it's a reunion. You're starting on the start line with your friends, so it's just a fun opportunity to you know race your friends and you have a beer afterwards or you know go to dinner afterwards. Um, it's definitely convenient, but it's a cool way to see different Arizona and Tucson in particular is so underrated for our trail scene. Um Ivipa doesn't do a lot of races down here in Tucson, but um yeah, it's just a cool way to see different parts of the state. Um, I'm doing a, a couple 50 Ks early next year in different parts of Arizona that I haven't seen before. Uh, one of them is in superior, which is, uh, part of it's on the Arizona trail. And I've just never been to that part of the state. So it's like, why not go race up there and, you know, see friends and and stuff like that. So, um, I typically try to do one big race outside of the state every year. Last year I did gorge waterfall or this year I did gorge waterfalls and um, Oregon and then I'm doing Georgia Death Race in Georgia in March. Um, but for the most part, I think we always try to do at least like one big race outside of the the state. Yeah, but I
2: get a couple sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, yeah, that that that's it. It's just, it's up in Phoenix. You go up there in a the weekend and race and the races are are so great. I mean, the way they put on Javelina, the way they put, we both ran, have ran Black Canyon now, 100K. She's done the 60K even too. So it's like they, they put on amazing races and then we get to see our friends, our friends can crew us and then we can hang out after and, and different things like that, but like touchers, everybody puts out on, but that's in Utah. And I, to this day, the touchers, I did the 70 K and the hundred K and that race, I will never forget the, those two races because of how amazing the toucher mountains are. So, I mean, if it, nobody, if, if you're on the fence of signing up for that race it is hard, but it is beautiful. Yes, you definitely should. It is amazing. Yeah.
0: And I only live like 45 minutes away from the start line. So <laughs> oh, I, no. you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like that's on my, on my race yeah. calendar for next yeah. summer, yeah. I have just too many good things about Tushers and.
2: Yeah. Uh, they do, they do a really good job with their, their races. They, I mean, our friends, some of them work there. I mean, it's just convenient. Um, and they're always put on really, really well. They have the well-known races. Um, but like she said, like this year, uh, we're going to venture out a little bit when she's going to Georgia. Um, I'm going to do, uh, Canyons, Hunter Miler in, uh, California this year. So that's my next big one in April. I'm going to do the, the Hunter Miler and then obviously Moab. And then I would like to, uh, I did put my name in for the lottery for Leadville this year. Um, and if I don't do that, then I'm going to head right back to where she's from. And I want to do the Pikes Peak Marathon. So venturing out a little bit, um, on that and then obviously Moab. So, uh, i going to venture out a little bit, do a little bit more traveling for races and just see other parts of the country that I've never seen. So, um, and then Pikes Peak, uh, that marathon, I just want to do, because well, I've never done a marathon, so the road sounds terrible, so why not climb a mountain? <laughs> <laughs> why not? Why not? Well, yeah, sounds
1: Matt's like... A- also, I just wanted to tell you one thing. Matt's also yeah. in the planning stages. Can I tell him? No, oh, no. Yeah. He wants to run across the state of Iowa, uh, which is like 300 miles.
2: Yeah. So I've been planning it for about a year now. It's, I kind of got the, I mean, the map's printed out, it's on our fridge right now. So it's got to do. So right now the plan is to have this year uh, go without injuries um, and make sure that my racing season goes really, really well. And then after Moab, I will take some time off and then I'm going to gear up hopefully for spring of 2025 as of right now to try to set the uh, FKT for across the state of Iowa, which is 275 miles in southern iowa across the highway um and in those 275 miles i think it's only like ten thousand feet of climbing so just a few hills um, but it's the miles on pavement that it's going to be interesting and how i train for that and get used to that uh, but right now hopefully it goes according to plan and that's coming spring of 2025 but that's number two on my bucket list right below moab uh so i'm just kind of going down the list right now of things that i want to do and run across the state of Iowa that something that means a lot to me and my whole family and everything lives there so it'd be kind of cool to be someone from our small community that just set the the fastest known time across the state of Iowa and I can't remember what the time is uh a younger kid just did it uh, about a year ago I think and his time was very impressive as a college kid uh that I think he ran cross country maybe for uh University of Northern Iowa I could be wrong on that um but uh, he just said it. um and before that there's only one other person uh, on record that ever has ever done it. so um, it's a straight highway all the way across. um so it, it's gonna be interesting, but that's my plans right now, hopefully. so we'll see if that happens. I hope it does because I really want to do it. <laughs> well that sounds
0: really cool. that sounds awesome. I'm I love how, you know, as trail runners, you can also, you know, you can do awesome, cool races, but you can also like choose your own adventure, you know, like do Mm -hmm. cool projects like that. Although I'm not to like, I don't want to like offend you, but you know, that doesn't sound like (laughs) something that I'd like to do necessarily. I've driven across the state of Iowa. (laughs) That's hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, being from Iowa, it means something to you. That's, yeah. that's just really cool. That's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, th- thanks for taking me through both of you, I guess, you know, what you have coming up on your race schedule for next year. And in the, in the coming years, it sounds like no bad options. Um, you know, whatever turns out, um, Kylie, I wanted to ask you, so, uh, you did Coca um. Uh, in 2022, Mm -hmm. uh, you haven't, you haven't done another 200 miler since, are you waiting for the right time? Like another kind of, I don't know, midlife crisis or something to happen (laughs) so that you need to go and do another suffer fest for five days or or whatever.
1: I, I went into that race with, just the intention of self-healing and, um, self-discovery. And I got that from that race. Um, so for me, I honestly have no desire to do another 200. It destroyed me. I, I had some health issues for a good, like six months afterwards. Um, and yeah, so for me, I think I'm good on that, but I, I have, um, like I have desire and dreams to do um, something like the Arizona Trail um, eventually, and so doing something that's bigger like that, but on my own terms. And I think it would start. I've been thinking about maybe next summer doing the Tahoe Rim Trail um, and trying to, if set an FKT or not, but just run that as like a as my own self supported race. Um, and so I've been planning some more adventure type stuff that aren't um, organized races, but you never know. Um, Candace Burt just, oh, in, um, there's going to be a 310 mile race that goes through Tucson, um, uh, 2025, I think 2024. I think so. Um, so I don't know, but as of right now, I, no, I have no desire.
0: <laughs> I think, <laughs> well, oh, she will. Matt
1: thinks <laughs> I will, but we'll see.
0: <laughs> she will. Mm-hmm. So when I was running, you know, in college running 10 Ks and five Ks and, you know, half marathons here and there. And like I had zero desire to do, you know, a hundred miler race. And mm-hmm. now, you know, I haven't done a hundred miler yet. I'm, I've done a 50 is the, the longest run I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like 200 and plus is still in that range for me of like, I never want to do it. <laughs> um, I'm sure, I'm sure it will come eventually, yeah. but, um, but that's, that's interesting to hear that, you know, you, you did it, but also now like I'm, for now I would never want to do it again um you have so to have that, a
1: really strong why on why you're doing it and for me I had that strong why and I just don't have it right now so yeah um but yeah that's that's the only thing getting you through those races the is the mental fortitude and like you're a very strong why on why you're running that race otherwise you won't finish it
0: yeah i've heard you know you don't choose races races choose you you've got I to agree. like do the thing that's that's calling to you um yep, i agree So that's, that's awesome. Um, all right. Um, as we wrap up here, so just a quick, uh, lightning round, I guess, and each of you can answer these questions in whatever order you want, but, um, worst weather conditions during a race.
2: And that's going to be mine too. So you just tell them
1: what the rain,
2: the Rio Grande,
1: Oh, Rio Grande, um, last fall. Um, yeah, it was a hundred mile race and, it ended up, we got pulled off the course at mile 80, but I, Matt paced me the last 24 miles and I didn't think we ever were going to survive through the night. I, we did not have the gear for a winter weather blizzard above 10,000 feet and, um, we it was hypothermic and I didn't feel my fingertips for a good month after that race. So that was the worst, yeah, worst.
2: That's mine too. Is just pacing her. I have not I have not have, I mean, I've had rain and races and stuff, but the snow at ten thousand feet, and then you drop down to nine thousand feet, and it's slush, and you're going through cow pastures, and streams yeah, are really thousand. high. It was it was hor- horrible, yeah. and that's why they pulled everyone a mile. Well, pulled her, her and one other one other guy made it eighty miles, and everyone else made it maybe sixty or something. But um, there's uh, <clears throat> between eighty and a hundred, there was you had to go up to almost twelve thousand feet again, and they just it was you couldn't do it. There's no way because it's they, so bad. So cut the coat on it they they yeah. pulled the plug on it that's yeah, yeah.
1: yeah i was bummed because i was you know yeah. first female and having a really good day but yeah it
2: was, was a... it was by far the worst weather i've ever seen in my life in been that's... in for sure it was crazy <laughs> that, that and what time of year was
0: it did you say
1: it was october
0: okay yeah. wow. first,
1: first blizzard of the year last year and it, it outside of like it's in south fork um so like outside of wolf creek on the other side of like Durango and stuff and okay just rugged it was yeah nice. I was not dressed um appropriately <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's crazy it I've gnarly. never for um all right any uh strangest wildlife encounter on a trail
1: oh I can go go ahead. um I was charged by a moose Last summer. Um actually it was very terrifying. Yeah, it chased me down the trail that... a quarter of a mile. <laughs> so,
0: oh my goodness.
1: Yeah, it was scary. So that was mine. Maybe not strangest, but scariest.
0: So did what like what happened? Like he
1: just took he was chasing me. I was um on a run by my dad's house and um he just went off. So I don't know. It was my lucky day, I guess, because he could have easily it was pretty scary. Wow. I think I had my yep. fastest splits ever on a trail run during that race or during that run.
0: I've gotten nervous like running by cows like on dirt roads out here me before. Too. Like, I can't imagine like a while, a moose in the wild. And they
1: are big. I mean, it's the size of like a pickup truck and they are fast. <clears throat> it was probably a football field away from me and it came from a hundred yards with it, within two seconds. It was right behind me. Yeah,
0: wow, okay. How about you, Matt?
2: I don't have anything strange, I mean, minus like your normal rattlesnakes that you get here in Arizona that you just can't avoid. Um, I mean, me coming from Iowa, we don't have bears. So I've I've actually encountered two bears here in Tucson, which is kind of rare uh, for people. So one in Mount Wrightson, which is our southern uh, mountain, um, our big, big mountain to the south of Tucson here. I actually came across a brown bear there that just sprinted right in front of the trail right in front of me. Uh, about 100 yards it was it had no clue I was even there I was just sprinting and then all of a sudden I realized I was there and didn't do it I mean it was it was far away from me then it, it, it was just cool it was it was cool to see that and then uh, a little black bear up in Mount uh, Lemon which is our big mountain here right in Tucson I was doing a uh, basically from town here up to the top of the mountain and I was up on the back side of it and there's a little black bear just sitting on his butt eating berries right on the trail there and just didn't even care that I was there. And I just kept going that was the very first bear I've ever encountered. Um, so I could, my split probably there was a lot faster than the rest of them, but um, it was just cool. I think that was, it was cool to experience that because I'd never been around bears my entire life. Um, and that was the very first wild bear I've ever seen. And I was out there by myself in the middle of the mountains. And it's just a cool experience to see it in its own habitat and you just respect it. And I just took my time to go around it and they just kept eating. So Um, there's nothing crazy though and then you just get your normal jumping rattlesnakes things like that but by now she she doesn't do a whole lot of trails during that season but I mean by the time they know you're there you're by them already and or they're not letting you pass and you just go up and around them so um so we get we get a lot of rattlesnakes but you're we're almost used to it now so nothing crazy though nothing weird wow no that
0: that sounds crazy enough for me that's that's cool um I guess like on that topic, sorry, and and we're wrapping up here, but I do have this one question for you, Kylie. Um, uh, Like, you know, as a, I guess, you know, like this, the, the, the title of this podcast again is the headlamp hour. So we're running in the dark. And, you know, as a male, me and Matt, like don't have to worry too much. I don't think, you know, about safety issues, running alone in the dark, um, <clears throat> things like that. So I guess, you know, how do you as, as a woman think about that and safety and and things like that. And yeah. you know, for us maybe males that don't necessarily have to think about it, um, you know, yeah. we're you know, I guess can you talk about that for a sec?
1: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately there and I am a huge true crime uh junkie. So I listened to all the podcasts of <laughs> bad things happening to women when they're running. But, um, for me, I feel much more safer on the trails. Um, so if I do have to run like in town, it's either we have, it's called the loop. It's our bike path. And I'll run with Matt or friends. Um, but I feel safer on the trails for sure. And so I just plan it if I know I'm going to be heading into the dark, like I'm, I'm going to run in a safe part of town on no trail. Um, and you know, I won't let to have my headphones in. I'll, you know, just, you just have to be aware of your surroundings. And, um, I, I don't know. I, I try not to think of bad stuff that happens. I mean, you get into your car every day and drive and bad things can happen then, you know, but you don't think about it. And so for me, it's the same thing. You know, if I'm running through a forest at night during a race, it's like there's probably animals out here and I'm just not, you know, I you try not to think about it. Um, but it's definitely important to be aware of your surroundings. And I, I, my dad is, taught me that you know just to pay attention and be aware and um yeah
0: well thank you for that perspective and I don't know if I was you know I'm in the right position to ask that kind of question but I I think it's important for for our listeners and and uh, and and even for you know us as you know maybe more privileged males who don't have to think about that at all like really and so thanks for sharing uh sharing that yeah. All right, and then, you know, before we wrap up here, I'll definitely, you know, link to uh, all your, you know, Instagrams and your Stravas and um your Desert to Peak coaching site, Kylie. Thank you. Um, definitely, definitely want to give give these to a follow. Um a, a lot of cool stuff going on and and I'm super interested now to hear how your 2024 20, seasons will go and um you know your your future races coming up the mob 240 run across iowa um your uh, race in georgia there kylie um so yeah. super cool stuff as we wrap up here last question i have for you is what mantra or saying serves as your headlamp through the dark and difficult moments
2: of life i mean i have it i have uh <laughs> so uh, we we kind of both have quite a few tattoos and stuff. So like one saying that I always have, and I actually have a tattooed on my body uh, on my leg coincidentally, so I can see it is uh, keep going. Uh, so then at the end of the G ongoing has a little arrow pointing forward. Um, so that I, I've honestly looked at that a few times during races when I'm probably hands on knees dying, going up a mountain or something is just keep going because I mean, eventually you're going to run into your aid station and your friends and you're going to get food and you're going to feel better. Or you're going to get to that finish line. So just don't ever stop. Just don't ever give up. Uh, no matter how hard it is, it's going to be worth it in the end. Um, I get it all the time from, again, friends and family that just don't get it is what do you get for for running it? And sure, we get a buckle or if we get an award for a free podium. But most of it is just the, the self gratification, especially for me, is coming from my background and not running or anything to holy crap i just finished a 100 mile or, or ring springs i i got first which is mind-blowing i crossed the finish line i think like, that couldn't have just happened and it, it's for me is just keep going don't don't ever give up um no matter how hard it is always keep moving forward even if you got to walk even if you got to hike if, even if you're not fast if you're super fast and something happens and you're slow down just don't, don't ever don't ever give up i mean some of the professional stuff I get it I get why they give up on on certain races it's to save themselves for a next race that they they may get like a ticket or something for but for us for just two people that are that are just like every other person for for me yeah she says I'm fast but she's a lot stronger and can climb a lot better than me that's for sure so just keep going I mean get that buckle get that cross that finish line because that high when you cross the finish line is is something you will never forget and there's So many races, whether it's a 50K, 100 miler, or a 250 miler, those finish lines are special. Um, I mean, for like my 100 miler is the middle of the night, 2, 2 a.m., and there's four people there, or six people there, and four of them was my crew. And I still will never forget that. It's not like uh, her finish line for Cocodono was the middle of the day, and there's 30 of our friends there cheering her on and stuff, which was amazing to see. But I don't want it that way. I don't like a lot of people. I'd rather just be six of my friends there. And then we're done, and we can go home. <laughs> I mean, it was just that feeling. So just don't ever give up. Just keep going, keep moving forward. It doesn't matter if you're fast. It doesn't matter if you're slow. Strava doesn't mean anything. Uh, if you're running five miles, fifteen miles, fifty miles, whatever it is, you're you're out there. And there's a lot of people that can't say that. So yeah. that's that's the biggest thing. Is I hope our both of our social medias and everything will help is just motivate people and her athletes are amazing as far as motivating people some people have never ran before in their entire life and they're out running one mile and that means more than sitting on the couch doing nothing so uh, just always keep going
1: yeah mine's the same just relentless forward progress
2: awesome yeah I love it keep going
0: I, yeah. I love that very very good very cool well, this has been such a pleasure to talk to you both. Um, really enjoyed the conversation. So, thank you so much again, and um, and uh, I hope to uh, keep the conversation going and and see you guys soon. So, I'm sure yeah. hey, we'll thank see you at Black Canyon. Yes.